Come on, let's give him worship. Hallelujah. I think it'd be appropriate if we all lifted up our hands all across this building. Amen. And begin to worship him. Amen. And continue to worship him. Hallelujah. Nobody else deserves the praise, God. Nobody else deserves my worship, God. Nobody else deserves my adoration. It's only you, Jesus. Come on, somebody worship him for a few moments. God, we worship you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, do you feel that in the house of the Lord? God responds to the praises of his people. In fact, he inhabits them. Hallelujah, Lord. We say hallelujah, hallelujah to the one and only, to the Alpha, to the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Amen. The God of my salvation, my strong tower, God, my shield, my rock, my defense, the water, the bread, the door. I lift it up and I say hallelujah, 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 hallelujah to you, Jesus. You're the only one that deserves my praise. Come on, somebody worship him. You're the only one that deserves my worship. You're the only one that deserves my hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Come on, he's in this house. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. It is such an honor to be in the house of the Lord here to this afternoon. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn over to the book of John chapter 5, and beginning in verse number 8. John chapter 5 and verse number 8. How many enjoyed that revival that we had last month? Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord if you're thankful for the revival that we had. Hallelujah. Several received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Lives were touched. People got direct words. Amen. I, I normally encourage everybody to go back and to listen uh, to every sermon that we put out there. Uh, it is completely free. Amen. Freely we have received, freely give. And so it's out there on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, all those different uh, places. And so get on there, get online, YouTube, Facebook, whatever you got to do. We just try to make it available to you. Go back and listen to each of those messages again. Amen. And, and, and take your notebook out and just write down some notes because God's going to speak to you again through it. Amen. I, I believe that Brother Claiborne preached things into our church's culture. Amen. And I'm thankful for it. But I especially want to put a plug, amen, for our Wednesday night service that we had this last Wednesday. Uh, Brother Claiborne, he just built, he bore his heart and he preached to us. And, and uh, I couldn't think of a better message to end a revival with than that. Um, it made me want to go 10 more weeks, amen. But he's got a schedule to keep. But we, we definitely want to go back and listen. It's called the big picture, amen, seeing the big picture. And so uh, it's a great message, great opportunity, amen. Somebody said praise God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, high five him, and tell him, I'm glad to see you in church today. Praise God. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms. Everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids. Everybody say, God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. John chapter 5 and verse number 8. Now, I hope I get this right, Brother Johnson. I don't think I know how to do this anymore. I don't know if I knew how to preach before, but I definitely don't know if I know after a month of of hearing it, amen, how to do it right. But I, I do believe that God 
has kind of given me direction for today, and I want to do my best to bless the church and to give this to you as God has given it to me in Jesus' name. John chapter 5 and verse number 8. The Bible says, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore had said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. It just blows my mind how the only thing that some people notice is something that probably shouldn't even be worth noting. This man is walking who had been bound up for 38 years. And all they can focus on is it's the Sabbath. How dare you be healed today? He answered them, He that made me whole, the same also said to me, Take up your bed and walk. He that made me whole also told me, take up my bed and walk. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Carry your revival. Carry your revival. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands as we pray? Come on, all across this building, I believe that God wants to speak to us on this Sunday afternoon. Hallelujah. Amen. God, we thank you for what you have done, God, but we we want to continue in what you have done. Hallelujah. We want to bless you today, God. We want to take your word, God. We want to, amen, apply it to our lives. God, I pray that you would help me, God, amen, to preach your word, God, the way that you have deposited into my spirit, God, and help us, Lord, to receive and to implement your word in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated and carry your revival. This is one of my favorite stories and testimonies in the Bible. The healing of the lame man, the impotent man at the pool of Bethesda. The Bible says that at this pool... There was five different pools, five different waters, amen. And, and this, this place was home, the Bible says, to all sorts of diseased, amen. There were halt, there were blind, there were maimed, there were withered, amen. And the Bible says they were waiting for the moving of the water. I want to tell you about this waiting for these folks. They waited that the water might be troubled. Because there was a superstition or an idea that at one time a year, an angel would come down and trouble the waters, move the waters, and whoever got in first was the one that was healed. Now, I'd love to say that that is in fact true, but we don't have any biblical proof that that actually happened. Um, But there was no doubt faith in that place that... It could happen one day, amen. There was this idea that, amen, somewhere in the distant future that it was possible 
that somebody amongst us was going to be healed. We don't have any proof that anybody was ever healed uh, by the waters at the pool of Bethesda. Amen. But we do know that there were people that were waiting for this, this hope. Amen. They had faith in the far off. Amen. They had faith in the future. They had faith in what 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 could be someday they lived in amen this world that they created in the uh, the ideal future amen in fact the bible tells us of our our man that we're going to be preaching about today that he had lived in this futuristic ideal, amen, this, uh, this hope that one day he could get in the water and that he could be the first one in and he could be healed. He lived in this idea for 38 years. 38 years of believing that this year might be my year. Amen. I think there's something to people having the faith to wait. Amen. I think there's something to people having the faith to be patient. I, I, I don't want to downplay it because the Bible even says in patience possess ye your souls. Amen. Paul told the church you have need of patience. If there's anything that we've got to have in this hour, amen, it is patience. Amen. We're living in a microwave mentality generation, a fast food drive through generation where everything's got to be instant, instant message right away. Amen. And we are losing the art of waiting. We are losing the art of patience. And there are people that are giving giving up far too early. Uh, amen. They're not giving up necessarily on the 11th hour, but they're giving up in the first 30 minutes uh, because they don't want to wait around. Uh, amen. We, we have need of patience. Uh, amen. In this generation. Uh, church, can I just preach it? That we all, not just you, but me included, uh, we need to be reminded uh, that there is power in patience. Uh, that there is victory in those that are willing to wait. Uh, there is strength, the Bible says, uh, when they wait upon the Lord. They renew their strength. There's a mounting up. There's an encouragement. There's a strength that comes and it doesn't come from impatience. It comes from your patient waiting. Your patient waiting on the Lord. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise here today. Man, I want to tell you that patience is a good thing. But there is an element where patience is no longer a virtue. Hallelujah. I think it's important that we wait. Amen. But there comes a time where you don't need to wait around any longer. Hallelujah. I just want to I just want to make it clear here today. There is definitely a need in this generation in this hour for patience. But there are times when it's when it's time to stop waiting on time. Amen. It's it, there comes moments where it's time to stop waiting around for something that maybe might could happen. Amen. For 38 years, you won't find a more patient man than this man. He laid on his bed waiting for 38 years. Years. And somewhere along the lines, he became content in his waiting. He became content in his laying down. I imagine the multitude, the Bible says, they were all waiting around. They were waiting on the waters of the pool of Bethesda to be troubled. All of them were waiting on something instead of looking for something. They were all waiting on something, amen, to happen in a particular way instead 
instead of looking for Jesus, instead of looking for the one that had the power to make a change over it all. I want you to think about this for a moment. Uh, amen. How foolish uh, this concept of waiting can become uh, for some people. Uh, some people wait uh, for a more convenient season. We find this in the Bible. Uh, amen. That Herod uh, was waiting for a more convenient season uh, before he became a Christian. Uh, and there is no biblical record that he ever became a Christian. Uh, some wait on some miraculous dream or vision. Uh, I want God to scare me out of my sleep or God to come at me while I'm awake and give me a mighty dream and a mighty vision and I believe God can do that I believe God will do that at times some are waiting on signs and wonders they might even walk outside their house at night and say Lord if I see a shooting star in the next three minutes I'll do what you're telling me to do or God if you'll bring about some catastrophe or God if you'll do some great thing and bring about a blessing. I'm waiting on something, amen, grandiose. I'm waiting on something extravagant. Some are waiting to be compelled. They're waiting for an evangelist to come by and shake them just the right way or a brother or sister to come by with a back rub ministry and whisper something in their ear to compel them to do what God has been speaking to them to do. Some are waiting on a particular feeling uh, when they sing that song one more time. Uh, amen. It's at that point I might just uh, stop waiting around uh, for God to do what God wants to do. Uh, some are waiting on uh, amen, some kind of celebrity to show up and it's a bunch of fanfare and maybe it's a conference uh, where everybody's around and everybody's excited uh, but it's just a Sunday afternoon after revival or, or it's just a Wednesday night Bible study some are content in waiting. Amen. But I want to tell you here today, when Jesus showed up, he never asked the man how long he had waited. He never asked the man, amen, how many years it had been, how patient he had been. But Jesus had one question for him. Jesus asked him if he wanted to be made whole. I'm going to preach to somebody in a moment. Amen. He was not concerned with how long he waited. He wanted to know, do you still want to be made whole? This lets me know that it's not as much about how long you waited, but it's about how much you want it. It's not about how much you wait for it, but it's about how much you want it. And we've got to say, God, I've waited, I've waited, I've waited. It's not about tenure. It's not about hours of prayer time. But I just want to let you know here today on a Sunday afternoon how badly I still want for you to heal me. How badly I still want revival. How badly I still want my kids saved. How badly I still want my body healed. How bad I still want my marriage put back together. Somebody ought to preach with me on this Sunday afternoon. Amen. God wants to know not how long you waited for it. Not how long you've been patient for it. But but if you still have the passion to want the things of God. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on, let's magnify Jesus for a moment. 
Come on, it's time to shift gears, church. We're no longer in a waiting period. We're in a wanting period. We're no longer in a waiting period. We're in a desperation period. We're no longer in a waiting period and a holding holding period. But God, what we are is we're in a desperate period. We're in a wanting period. And we want all of heaven to know how bad we want it. Are you waiting for that perfect moment for God to do it? Waiting for the waters to just ripple just right. I wonder, such an ambiguous thing for waters to be troubled, for people to be healed. It's just, the wind could blow and the waters could be troubled. A pebble could fall in and the waters could be troubled. But sometimes we do this, so... So, so, so abstract how we want God to answer us. And, and yet, sometimes it's a lot simpler than that. Jesus shows up. Jesus walks by right where we're dysfunctional. Jesus walks by in the middle of service. He walks down our seat, down our aisle. Amen. And he just wants to know, are you still interested, uh, amen, in seeing a change in your life? But I've learned not everybody's interested in seeing a change. Some are just interested in waiting with everybody else. Amen. Amen. And then Jesus shows up to the man, doesn't ask him anything other than, uh, amen, what do you want? Do you want to be made whole? And after the man says, well, I, I think that's kind of an insane question. Of, of course I want to be whole, uh, just like everybody else here. But Jesus understands just because they're waiting uh, doesn't mean they're wanting. And just because they're here doesn't mean they really want God. And, and, and you just got to be honest. Not everybody uh, comes to church for the same reasons. Uh, amen. Some come for business connections. Uh, some come to find a spouse. Uh, amen. People show up to church for all sorts of reasons. Uh, but there's some of us that showed up to church uh, wanting God. Wanting a move of God, wanting the healing of God, wanting the miracles of God. I can't speak for you and your family, but as for me and my house, we still are desperate for Jesus. We still want revival. We still want a move of God. Jesus looks at this man and everybody else and the man that said, yes, I want to be made whole. Jesus looks at him. And says, rise, take up your bed, and walk. I want you to think about that for a moment. Jesus told the man to do what he could not do. Being paralyzed, Jesus was asking for him to do the impossible. It was impossible for him to rise up. It was impossible for him to walk, let alone, amen, it was impossible for him to take up his bed and carry it as if he was able to lift the weight. But Jesus challenged the man to believe him for the impossible. Amen. Jesus challenged the man to believe for the impossible. Can I just tell somebody for a moment? Stop resisting, amen, impossible times in your life. Stop resisting impossible seasons in your life. Stop resisting the impossible where you are out of control. I just came to preach for a few moments. Amen. Stop resisting the impossible because the impossible is the birthplace for the miraculous. It's not a miracle if you could do it. Amen. It's not a miracle if you or I can affect it. It's a miracle when it's impossible for us. But we know through the word of God, with man it's impossible, but with God.
I wish I had 10 people that agreed with me here this afternoon. With God, all things are possible. Amen. It might be impossible for you and for me and for everybody else. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. With God, all things are possible. Somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Come on, take a moment and believe God. It's impossible for me, Lord, but it's not too hard for you. It might be hard for me, impossible for me, but it's not too hard for Jesus. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Jesus told him to get up, amen, to walk and to carry a bed. I just want you to think about this for a moment. I want to spend the rest of my time today focusing in on one portion of this. I want to focus in on the bed. The bed was not a full-frame bed. It was not a serta. There was no sheep jumping over it. It did not have memory foam. It was not a spring mattress. It would be better translated a cot. Or a stretcher. The stretcher was something he was carried out on. It's apparently, amen, a pallet, something hard. Amen, something that had to keep the man stable. No doubt it wasn't very comfortable for anybody. It's easy to imagine the man's first reaction is, I I can't even stand up, but you want me to carry something. And I have no doubt the man's response is very much like ours when we are when we are presented with impossibility and even sometimes when we're presented with possibility. Amen. We look at it uh, even if it's possible and difficult or impossible and we can't see a way through it. And we look at where we are and how we are and we look at how difficult it would be or impossible it might be and we ask ourselves the question uh, why should I even try. Amen. And some never get started because they get to the place where they die on the why should I try. They keel over on the why should I try to believe God. Why should I try to trust him. Why amen should I go ahead and do what I can in this moment. Amen. I want to tell you why you should try because something beautiful happens uh, when you connect uh, amen the impossible situation uh, with God uh, and people that are willing to try uh, something changes uh, when God can lift up somebody uh, that's willing to try can I preach to somebody? Amen. About the try. You got to try, try, try again. Well, I failed. Try again. Well, it didn't work out. Try again. Well, I prayed about it. Pray again. There's something about just trying. Well, I can't do it. Don't focus on your inabilities, inadequacies, deficiencies, but focus in on your try. Amen. I don't have the ability to do it. I'm the first to admit it. But I 
I will tell you something that separates the men from the boys, the girls from the, from the women. It's those that say, I might not be able to, but I'll try anyways. It might seem ridiculous. It might seem insane, and I'm preaching to anybody, but I'll try anyways. It may not make sense to everybody in my circle that's blind, that's halt, that's maimed, that's withered, and waiting for the perfect moment, but I'll try. Somebody ought to preach with me about trying. Whatever happened to you, try. Whatever happened to you, try. Whatever happened to God, I'll give it my best. Whatever happened to God, I'll do what I can, and you're going to do what I can't. Whatever happened to Lord, I'll stretch what I can. I'll stretch what I got. I'll give what I got to see a miracle. I lift up one hand I can't stand, but I can stretch a finger. I might be broken. I might be beat down, but I'm not out of the game. I'm still trying. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. Come on. Your try is a faith response. Your try is a faith response. Amen. Well, I don't know if we're going to make it try anyways. I don't know if I'm going to survive this. Come to church anyways. I don't know if my marriage is going to make it try anyways. Somebody ought to lift up your hands and pray. Come on. Come on, if Jesus told you to do it, try it, try it, try it. Test him. See that the Lord is faithful. See that God is good. If God is opening it up, you go ahead and try. What if I fall? Just try anyways. What if I stumble? Just try anyways. What if I start the business and I go bankrupt? Try anyways. What if I go ahead and I try to branch out into this area, amen, and it doesn't work? Try anyways. Somebody ought to lift up your hands and pray. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, God wants to help us to carry our revival. God wants to help us carry our revival, but it starts with people that try. It starts with people that say, God, I may not be able to do it yet, but I'll try to do it. I may not be able to be the best, but I'll try to be the best. I may not be the most gifted, talented, amen, but I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. This man might have well said with an injured resentment, don't you know how long I've waited? You know, that's, that's often the difference between people that get a miracle and those that don't. Some have made it to the waiting stage, and I've already clarified what I meant. That's all right sometimes. There's a time for that. But there's others that stay in the waiting stage, and they wait for the perfect opportunity. To fulfill the bigger picture as the preacher preached on Wednesday. They wait for the perfect opportunity. You know, the best time to invest. Let me say it this way. The best time, best time to plant a tree was 25 years ago. You know the second best time? Plant one right now. Hallelujah. The best time to invest 
Might have been 25 years ago. But you know the best time to invest now? It's right now. Amen. You know the best time? Huh? Amen. Well, well, I wasted all those years uh, and 38 years have gone by and I haven't seen it. You know the best time to step out in faith and do something for God? You might have missed last year, last month. Uh, the best time to do it now is right now. Uh, you might not have done it five years ago. You might have been backslidden 10 years ago. You can't go back in time, but you can try right now. Come on, somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. You might have gone through it. You might have failed God, but you can still try today. You can still step out in faith today. No doubt this man could have looked at Jesus with resentment and said, do you not know how long I've waited here? 38 years, and nothing has happened. Amen, I carried this. Amen, I've been carried on this bed for 38 years. You want me to stand up? You want me to walk? And you want me to carry this bed? Amen, he was commanded to carry his stretcher. I want you to think about it. A stretcher is that which you carry somebody else on. And he was commanded no longer to be carried about, but he was to do the carrying. No longer was he to be the one carried but he was to do the carrying. I just came to preach to the church. You want to know what the next level is? Get off the stretcher, honey. You want to know what the next level in your life is? Get off the stretcher. The church is a hospital. It's full of sick and injured people, but somewhere along the lines, we got to go from being the patient to being the nurse. We got to go from being the patient to being the doctor. I came to preach to somebody. Somewhere along the lines, we got to go from being carried to carrying somebody else. We've got, I came to preach somewhere along the lines. We got to stop needing the handout and being the one with the handout. We, oh, come on. We've got to carry our revival. We've got to carry our victory. We've got to carry our miracle. Somebody else clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Jesus told him to take up your stretcher. I want to focus on this bed, this stretcher. The bed, the stretcher, is a posture. The stretcher is a way of life. The stretcher is a mentality. The stretcher, see, if you're on a stretcher, amen, you're waiting on everybody else to plug the IV in. If you're on the stretcher, you're waiting for somebody to pop the pills to you, amen. Amen, when you're on the stretcher, you're waiting on everybody else to come by and make sure that you didn't go cold blue. Amen, when you're on the stretcher, amen, there's so many people that when we talk about the bed or the stretcher in a biblical sense, amen, they want to lie down on that stretcher and they want to just cuddle up with a nice comforter, a nice blanket and say, Lord, just help me. I'm a victim on this stretcher. I've been waiting a long time on this stretcher. Amen. We've heard it even said, amen, when, when people told us this, you've made your bed, now lay in it. I've just come to tell you that's not a Christian mindset. The Christian mindset is you might have made your bed, but you don't have to stay in it. Can I preach about deliverance? You might have made the mistake, but you're not a mistake. You might have made the bed, but you are not bound to the bed. You might have you might have fell down, hurt yourself, and landed on a stretcher. But honey, I came to preach to you about a miracle worker named Jesus. You don't have to stay on the stretcher. You can get up from that stretcher and say, never again. I'm gonna be the one to find those that need the stretcher. Oh, come on, somebody. 
David talked about it this way. Uh, although, even though I make my bed in hell. Uh, amen. I want to tell you, as the preacher preached a little while ago, uh, you don't belong in hell. Uh, you don't belong there, so don't make your bed there. Uh, amen. There's some folks uh, won't even make their bed uh, at home, but they'll make their bed in hell. Uh, there's some folks uh, that won't make their bed in the goodness of the Lord, uh, but they'll make their bed in the dark place. Uh, they'll make their bed in the hurt. Uh, they'll make their bed in the bitterness. Uh, they'll make their bed in the sickness. Uh, they'll make their bed in the poverty. Uh, they'll get comfortable on the stretcher and they'll say, well, it happened to me. It wasn't my fault. They'll make their bed in excuses and they have every reason to use the excuse. But I've just come to help you get up out of the bed. Jesus is no longer asking for excuses. Well, I couldn't do it because, well, if this person hadn't done it, well, I'd have been this way. And God comes by and says, doesn't matter how long you made your bed and laid in your bed, you need to get up out of it. You need to carry it. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's pray for a moment. I'm just about done preaching. There's some folks about to go to another level. No longer carried on a bed, but they're going to be carrying the bed. No longer carried on a stretcher, but they're going to be carrying the stretcher. The issue of being in bed for 38 years is that it compounds on the initial injury, the initial sickness. It leads to something called atrophy. One of the laws of thermodynamics is entropy, which is the decay. That everything in the world decays. There's a loss of energy. But in the human body, when we talk about cells, when we talk about nature, there's something called atrophy. Atrophy is the wearing down of muscles. Atrophy, amen, we've seen this happen to, to, to NASA space station workers uh, that they spend a year or a couple months up there at the space station and they're up there just zero gravity, zero pressure. You see, when you're on the stretcher, uh, you don't have to bear the weight of life because others are carrying you and God bless good people that are willing to carry others. That's our job, amen. But 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 some people get so atrophied that they, 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 they couldn't even get up out of the bed if they wanted to uh, in their own mindset because uh, they've atrophied so far. You see this with space station workers. And you see this with coma patients that their muscles begin to decay and their muscles begin to retract and, and where they once were strong, now they're weak and they don't have the abilities that they had even if they wanted to. And You see this happening uh, if anybody's ever broke an arm or broke a leg and they put you in a cast. Uh, amen. I want you to know that one leg's going to be bigger than the other because because one's been carrying the weight and the other one's been on the stretcher and one's been in the bed and this is why you've got dysfunctions in marriage because one might be in a stretcher and the other one's carrying all the weight and this is where you get dysfunction in churches because some are not on the stretcher but others are. I think there's an ebb and a flow. There's a balance to it but somewhere along the lines you've got to take Jesus at his word and get up off the stretcher and say God, I'm going to try. I'm going to give it my all. You see this atrophy happening. People start to lose their strength. You ever been a gym rat and you go to the gym, you lift, and man, you're getting strong. And I need to get back to it. But you go for a while, you get sick. You try to go back to the gym and you find out the weight's laying on your neck. Your muscles has started to atrophy. It doesn't take a long time. You know, what, you know what it takes to have your muscles atrophy? Live a life without pressure. Oh, hallelujah. 
Live a life without pressure. Live a life without gravity. And if you live a life without pressure and without gravity, without putting some weight down, you won't be able to carry any weight. But I want to tell you part of the miracle was not just this man being able to stand up. Amen. It was the fact that he was able to walk. And not only was he able to walk, he was able to carry weight. How does that happen? A man for 38 years, I've been and prayed in enough hospitals for people, amen, that have weared away because of cancer and other sicknesses. And I've seen people that have almost 0% muscle mass. I, I think to myself, there's no way. I worked with a woman one time that had almost 0% body fat and very little. It was a disease she had. She looked like a walking skeleton. I don't know what disease it was, but I just remember how frail she was. And I thought to myself, there's no way this woman could ever carry anything. Amen. She's atrophied so much. And yet when we look in the Bible, I want to tell you there's more to the miracle than the man being made whole. It's the fact that this man had atrophied for 38 years. He was weak for 38 years. Not only did his disability get healed, but God said, I'm going to restore unto you the years that have been wasted away. I'm going to restore to you the strength you lost. Can I preach to somebody from an Old Testament prophecy? God said, I'm going to give you back the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm, those are types of decay and actions and seasons of decay. He said, I'm not just going to give you back the harvest, but I'm going to give you back the years. Can I preach the apostolic revival center that God wants to give you strength where you were weak. God wants to empower you where you felt powerless. God wants to lift you up where you could not lift yourself up. God wants to help you to have the strength not just to stand, not just to walk, but enough strength in the spiritual muscles for you to start carrying some things that you were carried in on today. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray all across this building. God came to heal some folks of some withered muscles. God came to heal some folks. Well, Pastor, you just don't know. It's been 38 years. I've not exercised that in a long time. You know, it's been a long time since I've exercised my faith. God, I, I just don't know if I can do it. Oh, 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 oh. You know, Pastor, I, I haven't exercised my praise in a while. I've let my, I've let my hands droop down. And, and Pastor, I, I just don't know if I can praise God like that. I just haven't jumped in a little while. And I think those muscles have kind of fallen down, and they're a little atrophied. And, oh, Pastor, I... I haven't felt in control in so long and I just feel like my mind has gone wild and I haven't exercised a sound mind and fear has taken over. I don't have the strength right now. Amen. Can I preach to somebody uh, this miracle was not just about, uh, amen, curing the man of being a paralytic but it was also about building muscle mass. Can I preach to somebody it doesn't have to take 20 years for you to get back to where you need to be. It can take one moment in the altar with Jesus and where you had zero strength, you go back to full strength. Where you weren't praising God, you start shouting with a voice of triumph. Where you couldn't leap for joy, you got joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let's stand across the building. Come on, let's lift up our hands. Come on, somebody pray.
Come on, God's doing great things, amen, in your life. Amen, and God has allowed, amen, them to be carried to you. But now God is asking, can you carry these the rest of the way? Amen, God wants to bring a redemptive lift into your life. God wants to help somebody. Amen, God wants to heal you, but God also wants to deliver you and I by reversing the atrophy in our life. God wants to reverse the decay. God wants to give strength where we were weak. God wants to give strength. Amen. While they've been helping us and healing us. Jesus told him, take up your bed. Better, better translated this. Remove the stretcher. Turn to your neighbor and tell him that. Remove the stretcher. Yeah, he told him, get off the stretcher. Everybody say that. Get off the stretcher. But remove the stretcher too. Hallelujah. I came for somebody for just a moment. Came to help you. Not only can God deliver you of drugs, he can heal you of the damage that drugs did to you. Not only can Jesus give you a Ben. Uh, power deliver you of, of, of drugs, but he can strengthen you over the addiction that has ran your life forever. You, you might have come into this service limping and you might have come into this service dragging, amen, but before you're a- exiting this service, you can go from limping to lifting. You can go, amen, from needing to be carried to doing the carrying. You can walk into this house carried on your bed. Can I preach a few folks right where you might be. You've been carried about with addictions. Amen. You've been carried about with bitterness. You've been carried about with fear. You've been carried about with anxiety. You've been carried about, can I preach? Yes, not just a visitor, but some church folk. You've been carried about day by day, week by week, by prescription medication, and you can't make it through the week without your prescriptions. Amen. I'm not a doctor. You do what the doctor tells you, but let me tell you what the great physician can do for you. You can walk in needing that prescription, amen, needing it to survive the week, but you can walk out, amen, no longer having that carry you, but you can walk out carrying it. You can walk in controlled by that, but you can you can walk out controlling it. You can walk in lost, and you, you can walk out saved. You can walk in blind, and you can walk out seeing. You can, come on, you can crawl in the house, and walk out, leap out, jump out, shout out. God is not only interested in delivering, but he also wants to heal people of years. Can I tell you that sometimes the years of waiting could do more damage than good? I've talked to some people that have been waiting for a miracle for so long that their faith is atrophied. You ask him to stretch forth their faith and can't move their arm. Lift up your heart, lift up your hands in faith. They want to, but because all the years of it not happening. Let me just help somebody. Just because it hasn't happened yet. Key word yet. Doesn't mean it can't happen. 
Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it won't happen. Doesn't mean God's not still working it out for your good and for your benefit. So when he tells you, stand up and stretch yourself and lift up that bed, it might hurt in moments. You might not like it. But honey, even if you just use everything you got, every last ounce of strength, you stretch yourself. Amen. And say, God, I'm trying. And when he tried, the Bible says immediately he was made whole. Muscles hadn't worked for 38 years at atrophied. Oh, my goodness. I'm not just, not only can I feel my legs now, I can move them. Not only can I move them, I don't got to go to physical therapy. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a healing God named Jesus that is able to heal you to the uttermost. I'm talking about a God named Jesus that can save you to the uttermost, deliver you to the uttermost. But it takes somebody being willing to try. And when they leave this place, just like that man, he looks down at that stretcher and says, you have carried me for 38 years. But with the strength that God just gave me, I'm removing it from my life. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, somebody pray. God will heal you, but God heals you so he can remove some things as well. God will strengthen you so you can have the strength to say no. So you can have the strength to remove those things from your mind, to remove those things from your heart. Amen. If you'll come to this altar today and you'll say, God, I will try. I'll go to the altar and I'll try. I'll go to the altar and I'll lift up my faith one more time. I'll go to the altar. I believe Jesus will meet you in this altar. And not only will he heal you, he'll strengthen you to remove those doubts, to remove those fears, to remove those anxieties, to remove the depression to remove the addiction. God will help you to get rid of that stretcher where you never need it again. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? And when you come, I want you to come to try. I want you to come. Amen. You might limp up to the front, but you're going to leap out the back. You might come limping and crawling to the front, but by the time you leave, there's going to be a strength in your family. Your marriage might have come in on the rocks. Amen. Limping its way to church, but it can leave with strength like you've been married 50 years and happy. Amen. I believe that there can be such a strength that the years the devil beats you down. The years that your faith's been destroyed can be restored right now. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Right now is an opportunity to try. Amen, God, I, I'm going to stand. God, I'm going to walk. And Lord, as I try, you're going to give me the strength to carry my revival. You're going to give me the strength to carry, amen, those things, to remove those things from my mind, remove those things from my heart. Come on, somebody pray in this house. Come on, as my wife begins to sing, I want you to pray. Maybe it's been a while since you've came to the altar and tried. Try anyways. I thought by now they'd fall. But you.
Come on, somebody pray. Waiting for change to come. Come on. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Knowing the battles won. Stretch your faith right now. But you have never Exercise your faith right yet. now. Exercise your praise right now. It might have been atrophied, but you can say, your God, give me strength again. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. Come on, somebody pray. This is my confidence. You've never You can carry it out today. You can carry it out today. You can have the strength you didn't have when you walked in. Still in your 